Welcome to Dream Big and Implement Small. I'm Janessa Drani. I empower midlife moms to break the cycle of busy and find their value and meaning outside of motherhood, one incremental step at a time. And this is my podcast, where each week in 20-ish minutes or less, I share my tips, tricks, hacks, and stories on how we can start saying yes to what matters most and no to what doesn't. Hello, my friends. I wanted to do a little catch up with you on how the Summer of Independence went with the Durrani family this summer. I already did one episode on kind of my biggest aha from that, from our initiative, which was really that it wasn't that my family was not capable or willing to do the things. It was I was unable to trust them to do the things. And so I was standing between them and me and independence and so forth. So, but let's get into kind of the nuts and bolts, because I think that there's a lot of parallels that we can draw on kind of the process that we went through this summer on not You might not have kids. You might have kids that are totally gone. You might have little kids. This might not be pertinent on this concept of like getting this whole family to be independent, but there absolutely are parallels to getting you to be independent and setting you on a path to a daily practice. Okay, so stick with me here. So I want to talk about where we were, what we did where we are, and where we go next, okay? So just as a refresher, where we were. These are some examples. At the end of dinner, everyone would scatter as if it was like you turn the lights on and the roaches like go in every direction. No one ever helped. They came, they ate, they left. Helping with dinner was a novelty. We had haphazard chores that required tons and tons of prompting. There was the feeling that I was doing it all and that nothing worked. Like, what's the point? And I had all these false starts and stops along the way that just seemed like so much effort for me that it was like, it's just easier to do it myself. On Saturday, Sam and I would spend all morning and into the afternoon cleaning while our kids were like "Mm," on screen. And everyone, including my husband, was famous for, what time's for breakfast? What are we having for dinner? When's lunch? With no regard for just going, you're hungry and making something for yourself. And so I harbored, that was our starting point, right? And I was harboring for a really long time this animosity towards all of them. Like, why can't you do the things? Like, why can't you see that there's food in the refrigerator and so forth? But let me hearken back to the other episode. I didn't trust them. It was just easier to do it myself. And so... Once I had that aha, we were then able to start to make progress, okay? So what did we do? 
I rented space three to four times a week so that I could be not here while they flailed through chores, through making their own lunch, through cleaning up after lunch, through entertaining themselves without screen. I left them a chore list that was specific to what they needed to get done that day, and it had to be done by the time I returned at two o'clock. We got them into a routine, which is the key here. And I made them, they had to make their own lunches. So I made, I made sure that we always had things that were pretty easy. I didn't, um, Mir has since perfected the naan pizza, which is a piece of naan bread with pizza sauce and pizza um, cheese. And then he puts it into the microwave and he could eat his weight in those. He then started to make them for his brother, which is a whole other piece. So there were things that were microwavable, easily combined, kind of snack oriented. It was one of those things like, I could go down this rabbit hole of like, okay, you have to make your own lunch and there has to be this much vegetable, this much fruit. Don't forget a protein. I want you to have this much water. I couldn't. I couldn't. That's what we've been doing all along. I made things too hard for them. This was like the goal this summer is that you make lunch for yourself. End of story. We let them schedule their own screen time, to work within their schedule, what they had going on, and so forth. That helped them. There were still limits on it, but they were able to determine when and when they were going to do it and so forth. And as long as all the things were done by the time I returned from work at two, I didn't push it. It didn't have to be done at a specific time. It just had to be done. It was in this window. In this process, what didn't work? What didn't work is trying to come up with new and interesting chores every day and trying to like gauge like, is this hard enough? Like, this is like a slam dunk. Oh, we should have something hard, easy, so forth. Many chores. What worked instead was that on Mondays, you do this. On Tuesdays, you do this. On Wednesdays, you do this. And making it consistent so that they could get good at it. So that they took ownership of it. So they could not dread it because they know, oh, it's Tuesday. It's time to take the trash out. When I was growing up, my mom, this was very similar. I think I said this in a past episode. My mom would leave my brother and I a chore list. She worked two towns over, had her own business. And as soon as we got the chores done, we were free. We could do anything we wanted. And that's kind of the summer I wanted for my boys. Like, you got to do the things, but then you can decide, right? But 
What's different from when my brother and I were doing this in the late 70s, early 80s, is that there was no TV shows during the day. There were no screens. There was nothing to do but then to go outside and be feral. Like we went to the swimming pool, we rode our bikes, we got together with friends, we did the things. We were very active. And that is just not the way my kids are. And I applaud you and your family if that's the way your kids are. So for a moment, I had this like, you do the chores. This is how much screen time we've agreed to in any given day. You do you. And what happened was that they could not turn it off. Similar to I have food addiction, right? I can't turn the food wants off. That's why I weigh and measure. That's why I commit to my foods. They needed parameters. So we tried for a week of like, you just decide. And we had to, as I said, and what worked is that, or what we did was that we have an app that we can set windows for them to have, um, the internet open for them to use. And so now instead of it just being all open and they can decide, they decide and then we set those beginning and ends. We set boundaries. And one of my friends had said, oh, don't worry, Janessa, eventually they will regulate. They will get bored. They will find other things to do and so forth. And God love you if your kids can do that. But we're an addictive family. And it's just, that's the screens and the games and so forth are made so that they will want to continue. It's like the McDonald's fry and whatever they're fried up in makes you want 5 million of them, not five of them. So thus, I understood very quickly that boundaries were what everyone actually needed. So one of the ahas in this process, outside of the fact that I wasn't trusting of them, and so thus I was not allowing them to participate in life, was that I did not realize how much I was communicating for and through and between everyone in this family. Somewhere when they were young, I had thought that it was important for me to help be the referee, to keep the peace between the boys and between the boys and my husband. And and at one point, I think that was probably necessary, but as they've gotten older, We've all just continued in that realm. And I was not allowing everyone to have conflict themselves. And as I noted in my last episode, we were not without conflict. We were actually very conflicted. But I was thinking that it was going to be even worse if I wasn't in the middle of it. 
And I realized that that is so not the case. And so what was happening or what happened all summer was that someone, like my husband would say, okay, I want them to do this thing. Can you tell them to do this thing? No, I can't. I need you to tell them the thing. We were on vacation in the car. We do road trips and the boys get on each other's nerves, as we all do. And there would be, Mom, tell Mir to get on his own side. Mom, tell Zane that he's not giving me enough room. Can you tell Zane this? Can you tell Mir this? Can you? All summer long. I had never noticed this. This is that awareness piece. I was not allowing them to have their own conflict. For them to use their words and and then if the words don't work, I am not I am not going to intercede. You've got to figure it out. And so my fear was originally was that they would all, it would just explode into a horrible thing and there'd be fisticuffs and so forth. And my husband would be yelling about things and they would be yelling about things. And that's not what happened. They figured it out. And sometimes was there a bit of force between those boys in the back seat? Yeah, there was. But that's, that's kind of normal. I was trying to keep everyone not normal. So... For me, I had to let go of it being done right, of it me being in the middle of it, of it needing to be done at a specific time, because there was a lot of times where I say, you need to do this, and they're like, okay, I'll do it later. And I know they're not going to do it later because they don't have the working memory to remember to do it later because they don't care enough to do it. And so thus I would force it right then, right there, and it would escalate. And then I'd be like, why do I even care? It's just easier for me to do it myself. So where are we right now? They are still making their lunch and or then their afternoon snacks all on their own, unprompted by me. And that not only means getting it out, making it, but cleaning up entirely after. I tell them I don't want to ever see that they were in the kitchen. Make it so I didn't even know you were there. So now after every meal, including the one they prepare themselves, but even those that I prepare, they are to wash their fork, their knives, their plates, their glasses, whatever, and set it out. So that they, even though, because life is crazy and everyone's kind of eating at different times and that all of us leaving the table at the same time to go clean up the kitchen all together doesn't happen, but 
I know that I'm only responsible for the parts that I did. Getting their chores now that school has started, getting their chores into the week is something that we're still needing to work on. Um, But it absolutely is imperative that it is consistent. And it is more work for me in some regards. Because making the charts and keeping them front of mind, and there is still prompting that's having to be done. But I know that they have made huge strides this summer, and they are that much closer to being pretty awesome adults when they leave my house. What's next? For this, for this family, it is less prompting. How can I make this more of a you get up, you do the thing, you go to do another thing, you get to school, and so forth. Like getting it more into practice. And that comes from reminders, schedules, routines. And I want them to become more aware. They do the things on the list. But if I put the trash bag by the front door, they will walk out and around it, open the door to go out to the bus, and they don't pick up the trash. So getting awareness to see like, oh, there's something that needs to be done. So maybe I should then do it. That is our next step. So how can you take kind of the lessons from the Duranis and help you creating your own daily practice? We needed first our why. Why did this need to happen? We needed to have children that were being an active participant in this family. They needed to actually have responsibility. They also needed to be able to go out in this world and know how to prepare a meal for themselves and do the things for themselves. As I said, for us to be a family that was strongly interdependent, we had to be strong independently. So we had to find our why. So you need to find your why of like, oh, Mary does yoga and Sue does meditation and this person walks and this person runs. And so you're just like, oh, that looks good. But we have to know why we're doing it. So you really need to sit with the why. Because doing all these things take work and you have to hearken back to that anchor that keeps you going. You then need to start small. Similarly to the fact of let me just get a bunch of microwavable meals. That was the first two weeks of this so that they got into the mode of making the lunch and not having to think about what they were going to make for lunch or having it too hard so that they just skipped lunch, which to be honest, they did several times. So How can you start 
so small that it's a double high five to yourself every week. Easy peasy. Then you need to make it consistent every day. It needs to have a schedule. You need boundaries around it. Similar to the boys needing, this is this is the time frame from 11 to 2, there's no screen. And this is when you're having lunch, cleaning up for lunch, entertaining yourself, and all of your chores need to be done within this window. And making it consistent and attaching it. For them, they know Mondays I do this, Tuesdays I do this. But you can take that new practice and attach it to something you already do. Think of it as brushing your teeth. I brush my teeth every day. So as soon as I brush my teeth, I'm going to take the dog out for a walk. I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. I'm going to take a long walk. Whatever it is, it's finding the time to make it consistent and scheduling it in a way that you do not forget. And each week you can amp it up a little bit more. Similar to boys started microwavable meals, now have meals they need to kind of prep. Keeping awareness is really the number one goal here. Noticing what's working, what's not working, and being able to change it and being flexible and adaptable that, okay, I had a grand plan that I wanted to walk 20 minutes a day every day for seven days in a row and realized I only did it once. All right. Seven days in a row for me, for a practice, is essential. It needs to be every day. So start with five. And then you think, oh my gosh, well, five minutes, that's ridiculous. How can I even get anything out of a five-minute walk? Well, last week you did one 20-minute walk. And if you did seven five-minute walks, you're walking 35 minutes this week, almost double last week. Perspective, my friends. Start small. Stay consistent. Create your boundaries. And always have your why. The beauties in the details, my friends, the actions, the tiny steps, that's where the beauty is. So start there. As always, I would love to be your guide, your sage, your igniter, your shot in the arm. If you're starting on a new journey or are in the midst of your journey and it's still daunting and overwhelming, I would invite you to book a quick priorities power session. We can break down the steps together. It's my gift to you. Take advantage of it. 30 minutes, my friend, you are so worth it. JanessaDurani.com or check out this week's show notes.